right, everybody. Welcome to the third podcast of Wager Ragers. Yes, we were Jersey's finest last week, but this week <laughs> we are going back to our first moniker. We are Rager, Wager, sorry, <laughs> Ragers. So a little different format this week. Um, last two weeks, for at least the last week, we recapped our games from the week before. This week, we're going to skip that. We are broadcasting on a Thursday while the uh, Dallas-Chicago game is just underway. And we're going to mix it up a little bit. Um, We have some very interesting games this week. Uh, First of all, we have two of the Wager Ragers, Mr. Mike Coza, Mr. John Donath. We're going head-to-head this week with the Giants and the Eagles. They're going to start us off this week, but I wanted to start this podcast off with a special tribute to Mr. Coza, Mr. Donath, myself, all the other Rutgers alumni, all the Rutgers boosters, all the season ticket holders, Rutgers Nation, everyone that got it done. Welcome back, our coach, the prodigal son, Mr. Greg Schiano. Are you rah-rah? Let's go Rutgers. It's a new era. Rutgers football is back, ready to take action, ready to take over the Big Ten. And as Mr. Shiano said yesterday, we are not chasing the big boys. We're going to pass the big boys. Let's go, Rutgers. It's a new era. With that, I'm going to turn everything over to the Eagles and Giants guys, Mr. Mike Coza, Mr. John Donath. You've got Eagles-Giants this week, boys. Go. That's right. Greg Shiano, welcome back. But, Coza, me and you firing it up a decades-old rivalry between the Eagles and Giants. What do you think, my man? Well, you know, it, this is one for the ages, right? They face off twice a year here. Um, you know, Philadelphia was upset last week, 37-31, to 31, by the lowly Miami Dolphins. Uh, they're now in the midst of a three-game losing streak. Uh, you know, from an Eagles perspective, John, you know, the silver lining there, Carson Wentz had a great game. 310 yards, three touchdowns, only one interception. But the Philly defense, that's another story. Um, They made Ryan Fitzpatrick look like Peyton Manning. Uh, Surrendered 365 passing yards and three touchdowns. So, you know, I don't know where you stand on the Philly defense, but right now it looks like their weakest point, kind of holding them back from being better than an average team this year. Um. Now, the interesting thing about this rivalry is excluding last season's Thursday night game, uh, the Eagles beat the Giants 34-13 to in that one. The margin of victory in every game since 2015 has not exceeded five points. So, you know, I think both teams will score a lot in this game based on their terrible defenses. Um, I do feel that the Eagles defense, though, does always play well against the Giants offensive line, which is terrible. Fletcher Cox is, you know, a menace 
on the interior for them. So I think recent history points to this being a close game, being their division rivals. Um, but I just don't see, you know, the Eagles being favored, you know, giving up nine and a half points to Giants. I just don't see that. Um, Tate will be playing with Eli. You know, Eli is in this game and Ingram is back. Um, I think the Giants will give maximum effort trying to send Eli off with a win. Uh, you know, at this point, it's a lost season. Uh, but, you know, the big difference is, is, you know, Jones last week had three turnovers, which accounted for 10 points uh, in Green Bay's win, right? So I, I don't think Eli is going to have that factor of, uh, you know, turning the ball over. He might throw an interception, but he won't, you know, let's say one turnover max, right? So I think that's the difference. I think the Eagles still win this one, just, you know, given that they always seem to beat the Giants. But I don't think it's by more than, uh, you know, nine and a half points. I think it's a, a close game. But my prediction this week, Eagles defense will make Eli Manning look like Peyton Manning. Give me the Giants and the points. Wow. Um, yeah, an ages-old rivalry here. Uh, at one point, you know, the NFL does those shows where it's the top 10 of this, top 10 rushers, top 10 whatever. They did a top 10 rivalries in NFL history. And believe it or not, the Eagles-Giants was voted as the top rivalry in all of football. I was surprised by that, but they've played a lot of great games. I mean, think about it. I mean, there was the Miracle at the Meadowlands number one, the Miracle at the Meadowlands number two. I mean, I could go on, Giants fans. <laughs> um, but, but no, I mean, in, in recent history, in recent history meaning since 2000, the Eagles own a 25-13 and 13 record against the Giants. Sounds pretty good, right? Giants not having a great year. But last week, the Eagles game against the Dolphins sapped all of my confidence in this team, just when I thought the Eagles were about to put this thing together. You know, their defense played really horrible for the first part of the season, but up until last week, the last four weeks before that, the Eagles got multiple members of their secondary back. They got back Craven LeBlanc. They got back Jalen Mills, Ronald Darby, and that defensive secondary had really come together pretty well. They had held Russell Wilson in check a couple of weeks ago. They held Tom Brady in check. So going down to Miami, I thought that was going to be a big game for the Eagles' defense and offense. The offense played pretty well. The defense fell apart. It's probably the worst that I saw them play all year. Um, and it's just, I just feel like this is a team that I can't trust anymore. Coming back home, I agree with you. I still have this feeling that the Eagles are going to win. But that nine and a half points, no thank you. Um, this year so far at home, the Eagles are two and four against the spread. Um, the Eagles are averaging about 22.8 uh, points per game. Uh, it's about 16th uh, in, in the league. Uh, the Giants are only 3-3 three and three against the spread this year. Um, I kind of see it the same way you do. Um, uh, I think it's going to be a close game, but that 9.5 points is still way too much for me. Uh, the Eagles are 0-2 against the spread in its last two games against NFC East opponents. I think the Eagles probably pulled this one out. But give me the Giants and the nine and a half points. I'm already, I've already taken it, especially with some of the guys coming back on the Giants side that you already talked about. Uh, I think you see the Eagles winning this game by like, you know, maybe a touchdown, uh, 27-20, um, maybe 20-13, um, to 13, something like that. So listen, uh, no horse in the race over here. Good stuff from both of you. Um, but... Uh... The road team has covered the spread in seven of the last eight Monday night games. So 
I love it. Um, I love the, the, you know, the fact that uh, you guys both like the fact that the Eagles are probably not going to cover the nine and a half. I've been all over this all week long. I love the Giants in this game, not to win, of course, because the Giants are terrible, but you got two bad teams. What I'm concerned about, my biggest concern is that the Eagles gave up 365 yards passing to Ryan Fitzpatrick. I mean, like, like, uh, like Mike said, I mean, they made him look like Peyton Manning. They made him look like Johnny Unitas, Joe Namath, uh, you name it. I mean, all over the field, you give up a touchdown to the kicker from the punter. I mean, never seen before. I, I just, I, I, I had so much faith in the Eagles defense and everything went out the window last week. So when I look at this game and I see the Giants defense is like a sieve, the Eagles defense, I don't even know what to make of them. Um, the Eli Manning factor, what's he going to play like after not playing since, what, week two? Um, I don't know. I mean, looking at a point spread of nine and a half, to me, it's just way too much to lay on this game. So with all the X factors and the unknowns, you know, I, I'm with the Giants right here. I, I, I don't think they're going to win. I don't think they're – I think the Eagles are the, are the better team. I think the Giants are a team in, in chaos, but uh, I like the Giants in nine and a half, and that's what I laid uh, already before, uh, before even Sunday. And then again, I don't have a horse in the race, so. Yeah, so we, all three of us see that game uh, the same way. Um, certainly as an Eagles fan, I'll be happy to come out with the victory, but there's no way in the world I would lay those points. I'm definitely on the other side of that, so we all agree. Yeah, close game, for sure. I, I really see it being a close game. Um, I mean, unless something crazy happens, I see it maybe, you know, either uh, like 31-25, uh, you know, 24-21, uh, something like that. I just can't see a blowout in this game at all. I just can't. I think it's, it's two teams that are on the trajectory, like, downward. It's just uh, I, I can't see one team blowing out the other team. It's going to be a, a dog fight by two extremely wounded dogs. And uh, I don't know, not going, to be, not going to be a blowout either way. All right. Cool. Well, JT, let's move over to uh, your Jets, shall we? Sure. So since you guys had your teams playing against each other, I have my uh, – what I thought – were the up-and-coming Jets with three straight, like, phenomenal victories, blowout victories against the Giants, the Redskins, and the Raiders, going into last week playing the 0-11 Bengals, thinking to myself, on first blush, this is going to be the Jets continuing to dominate and going to beat a lowly Bengals team that can't get out of their own way, that has lost 11 straight games that are 0-11. Can the Jets really lose in the same season to two winless teams with at least seven or more losses? Never been done in the NFL before, but guess what? Of course, the Jets pull that off, lose to the Dolphins that were 0-7, and they lost to the Bengals that were 0-11. Did it surprise me? Not really. Being a Jet fan this long, I realized that, you know what, anything's possible with the Jets. You always think, always looking for the other shoe to drop, and it dropped last week. So we look at the Jets this week. They're playing the Dolphins again. It's a rematch game. 
they're ready to revenge against the Dolphins. Yeah, no, I really don't see this happening. You know, I look at the, I look at the stats. The Jets are uh, on defense giving up 317.4 yards per game versus the Dolphins on defense who are giving up almost 400 yards per game on defense. Uh, Jets are giving up 75.3 point yards rushing, which is tops in the NFL. The Dolphins are giving up 143.5 yards rushing per game, which is near the bottom of the NFL. And you look at that, and they're giving up almost twice as many rushing yards as the Jets on defense. So you think, oh, everything is pointing in the Jets' direction. And you look at the offensive numbers, they're about equal. Jets are scoring 17 points a game. Dolphins are scoring 16.7 points a game. Uh, Passing yards, Dolphins are passing for 214 yards versus the Jets, uh, 190. Total yards are about the same. But you look at those rushing yards per game, and you look at the points per game that each team is giving up, Dolphins giving up 31, Jets giving up only 23 on defense. And you see that eight-point spread and that 75-point spread on rushing, and you think, you know what, the Jets are home. Jets should destroy the Dolphins. The Jets were supposed to destroy the Dolphins in week seven, or week eight, I'm sorry, and it didn't happen. They got destroyed. Because you know what, it's typical Jets. And the point spread in this game is minus five. Who in their right mind would lay five points with the Jets game that they played last week and the history of the Jets and the beginning of the season of the Jets. So here's the thing. I don't like the line, but I got to think the Jets are going to pull this out, but I'm going to take the Dolphins laying, uh, giving the five, giving, uh, getting five points because there's no way that the Jets should be laying five points to anyone. I don't care if it's the Dolphins. I don't care if it's the Bengals. I don't care if it's the Giants, who, quite frankly, sorry, Mike, might be the worst team in the league. I have them as the last team in my power rankings right now, so can't, can't argue that at all. <clears throat> I just I, I don't know how the Jets are – so when you think about it and you look at it and you say, okay, typically – the home team gets, you know, they're, they're going to give three points. So it's going to be minus three right off the bat. To actually add two points to that and say that, that the Jets are giving, minus, you know, giving five points to a team that already beat them and a team that just lost to an 0-11 team, there's no possible way I could ever think of betting the Jets and laying five points. It's, I'm hard-pressed to think the Jets are going to win um, but there is no possible way in my mind that I can come up and even create a scenario where they cover that five points. Their offensive line was horrible last week. I mean, Sam Darnold had a decent game, but their defense was terrible. Their offensive line was awful. They gave up so many big penalties. You know, uh, Adam Gaze was on the radio saying, you know, there was these two great big explosive plays and they were called back on penalties, but were they really, were they explosive plays and called back on penalties because they were explosive plays or the explosive plays the result of the penalties? To me, I think they were, they were the result of the penalties. So the Jets did absolutely zero last week. I have zero faith in them. Um, I'm, you know, given the fact that I'm a Jet fan, I am leaning towards them winning, but I like 
not lean. I like the Dolphins getting five points this week. Yeah, I think okay. I, agree on, I agree on that one too. Um, I see the Jets winning this game as well, but more of like a, a field goal game. I see the Jets having a little bit of, of a bounce back after the horrible letdown they had at Cincinnati. Um, the Dolphins, yes, they won last week, but I think the Dolphins far and away played their best game. You'll never see Devontae Parker play like he did last week ever again in his career. And don't forget, even though they won that game, it took a couple of fluke plays, including, as you said, JT, a, a touchdown pass from the place kicker to the punter or to the cheerleader or, or to the concession guy, something crazy like that. And on top of that, they still gave up over 300 yards passing to the Eagles and three, three touchdown passes. Uh, the Eagles also went um, uh, didn't make it on a fourth down deep in Dolphins territory. So the Dolphins defense is not that good. So I see Sam Darnold bouncing back and having a, a good game this week. Uh, I call it Jets winning the game like 23-20, something like that. Now, why weren't they calling that the Miami special? I was hoping there'd be some name for it that would stick for eternity. But no. There wasn't. No, because it was the dumbest play ever, and nobody liked it. That's why. Um, Actually, a piece of history there, right? I think it was the first time a kicker had thrown a pass to a punter for a touchdown. Something like that. And hopefully the last time. <laughs> but, you know, one thing I learned from this game, and it actually I you know, kind of made this mistake throughout the years, when a team's bad, you can't really expect them to get much better, right? I think we made that mistake. The Jets won two games. All of a sudden, okay, the Jets are a good team. Let's, you know, there's all this enthusiasm towards betting on them. And, you know, same thing with the Falcons, right? The Falcons have been terrible all year. They come out of the bye, they win two games. And it's like we forget that they, these were terrible teams. Like all of a sudden now they're playoff teams, right? They're these great teams. So I don't think you can expect, you know, bad teams to really win three, four in a row. Can it happen? Sure. But I think once a bad team has won a few games like that, chances are they're just going to revert back at some point. And I think that's the lesson learned from, you know, this past week, jetting, uh, betting on the Jets. Uh, you know, just be careful with uh, those kind of situations. Bad teams are bad for a reason. Yeah, I mean, you know, there was a comment by, made by Rich Samini, who is the, like the, the beat writer for ESPN. He was like, you know what, the Jets actually, uh, they came back to normal. They were a right. bad team masquerading exactly. as a wannabe. And they're not a wannabe. They're, I mean, they're not a good team. They're a wannabe. And, but, they're, but in reality, they're a bad team. They're a bad team. They've been a bad team since the beginning. And they're a bad team now. And they beat, you know, the Giants, who are terrible. Sorry. They beat the Redskins, who are awful, with Dwayne Haskins, who's just a terrible quarterback. And the Raiders, who have actually shown in the last couple of weeks that they're not a good team either. I mean, they were a flash in the pan, just like the Jets were, where they won a few games and everybody thought about, oh, the Raiders are going to go to the playoffs. But guess what? They're not a good team either. Yep. And they finally, you know, they played the Bengals, who, you know, they played teams tough in weeks before. And they went in there and they probably said to themselves, this is going to be an easy win. We're going to get out of here. We're going to go to and win against Miami. And we're going to be, uh, you know, six and seven. And, and then we're going to run into Baltimore and maybe it's going to be a good game and we can beat them and then run the rest of the table and finish nine and seven. But guess what? You know what? Brought back to reality, the Jets are the Jets. They will always, until they finally figure it out, be a bad team. Yep. Agreed. And well, just one, one note, one note. Yeah. Devontae Parker, 
you know, I'm going to have to disagree with John. I mean, yeah, he had a he had a really good game last week. I think he had 159 yards receiving. He's had a really good season this year. 854 yards receiving already through 13 games. Yeah, I can't see that really tailing off. I think he's going to have another good game against the Jets. The Jets secondary is terrible, terrible. And Ryan Fitzpatrick right now, you know, he's Fitzmagic. He was he had you know a great run with the Jets for a while. He's having a good run this year. Uh, I think he's going to tear the Jets up this week. Yeah, um, I still I still don't think it's going to be. Um, I don't think it's going to be a blowout. But you know, the Jets giving five five points. Come on, not going to happen. At one point there, don't forget, he was a first-round pick in 2015, and I actually just heard that he said he's been playing injured for a very long time, and I guess he's injury-free right now. So he might have turned a corner in his career. I agree. I think he's trending up, and this might be uh, you know, someone to consider for a prop bet in the future, even this yeah. week. Yeah, I, I might even look at him this week for sure. Yep. The Jets secondary is awful. 16.1 yards per catch. I mean, come on. Yep. Yeah, he might have another good game this week, but I, I'm just a little bit leery of a guy who all of a sudden has, you know, um, his first good year, you know, four or five years into his career. Um, I, I still think that was the best game of his career we just saw last week, but that doesn't mean he can't have a good game this week. Um, but it's good stuff. But you know what? Like, here's, here's how I can see this not working out for him because the Jets aren't going to be able to tackle him. And if they do, okay, it's going to be after like 30 yards. What's going to catch him is the ground. He's going to make some kind of crazy turn. He's going to blow out his knee, and there you go. Because no one can stop him right now. He's got almost 1,000 yards receiving for the Dolphins, who are terrible. And the Jets' secondary is one of the worst. So we'll see what happens. But I'm going to look at, his, I'm going to look at what the over-under on his, on his receiving yards is this week, and he might be a good prop bet for sure. Cool. All right, John, over to you. All right, so the other game I took this week is the Pittsburgh Steelers at the Arizona Cardinals in Arizona. The Steelers are giving three and a half on the road. Um, I'm taking the Cardinals in this one. The Steelers are riding high. Uh, they're at seven and five right now, six and one straight up in their last seven games. Um, and they've got, you know, one of the um, – actually, the, the line now is – it's it's – uh, plus three on the Cardinals. Steelers giving three, excuse me, not three and a half. Uh, Duck Hodges, uh, the kid from Samford, uh, has all kinds of uh, Steelers fans going to the games with duck masks on. Uh, he's, you know, become the darling of Pittsburgh right now, um, having won a couple of games in a row. I actually think that comes to um, a little bit of a screeching halt this week. Um, I think the Steelers have been doing this a little bit with smoke and mirrors. They have a ton of uh, injuries right now. They're going to have no James Conner. They're going to have uh, no Juju Smith-Schuster. Um, I, I, just, I just don't believe in them. And if you look there, the, I think their average as far as scoring over the last couple of weeks, it's less than 15 points a game. Um, the Cardinals, on the other hand, even though they have not had, obviously, a great year, they're 8-3-1 against the spread in their last 12 games while playing as an underdog. Uh, a couple other things. Uh, the Steelers, not so great when they have to go west. Uh, Mike Tomlin is 2-5 and five, uh, traveling to the west coast or near the west coast for a game. Um, I think that all plays into the Cardinals potentially winning this game. I'm going to take the Cardinals 
give me the plus three. I think Duck Hodges comes back to earth a little bit. Uh, he's going to have a nasty pass rush in front of him. Not only Terrell Suggs, who at 37 is still getting it done. He's got Chandler Jones on the other side, who leads the team with 13 sacks and five forced fumbles. Uh, linebacker Jordan Hicks, late of the Philadelphia Eagles, is one of the league um, leaders as far as tackles go uh, for the whole year. Um, I think the Cardinals pulled this one out straight up at home, so I'm taking the Cardinals uh, plus the three points. All right, yeah. Um, I have Jordan Hicks as my fantasy defensive player. He, you know, he's been a force for the Cardinals this year. Um, I think uh, your analysis was spot on. So, uh, yeah, sounds good to me. Yeah, I mean, I, I think I like the Cardinals as well. Uh, Steelers are really banged up. Um, I was impressed with their win last week. Um, but I agree. I think that uh, uh, Duck Hodges probably comes back to earth this week. And I think, I think uh, uh, you know, the Cardinals probably pull this one out. Yeah, one more quick thing on this one, too, guys. The, um, the over-under on the game is 43, not super high, but the, the total has hit the under in each of Pittsburgh's last five games on the road. I would take the under on this as well. I would take the Cardinals and the points. Give me the under. Yeah, and just one last little nugget. Uh, the Steelers have covered the spread in each of the last four road games against NFC opponents. So um, I don't know what to make of that, but with all the injuries, I still lean, don't like, but I still lean uh, Cardinals. All right, so we moving on? Yeah, we're moving on. Mike, you're up. All right, let's talk about the 49ers and the Saints. So, you know, last week took the Saints to cover against the Falcons, which they did. They looked pretty good. You know, New Orleans has been terrific against the spread this year, actually. Uh, they've compiled an 8-4 and four record that at one point included a six-game winning streak against uh, the spread. But the Saints haven't faced a team with the pedigree of the 49ers, in my opinion. So the 49ers, you know, have one of the best defenses in the NFL. That's why I'm confident they'll be able to cover the spread in a tough road environment against a Saints team that's good, but has been, you know, benefited from playing in one of the weakest divisions in the league. Um, Drew Brees, you know, he's played against uh, basically one above-average pass defense this season, the Panthers in Week 12, put up solid numbers, uh, 114.4 passer rating, uh, but was only pressured 10 times out of 41 dropbacks. Now, San Francisco, on the other hand, you know, they lead the league in pass pressure rate, so 31%, uh, which will likely force Breeze into more uncomfortable situations, right? Um, and as you expect, Breeze's touchdown rate and interception rate both get worse when facing pass pressure. So overall, I don't think Drew Breeze is playing that well, and the Saints offensive line isn't going to be able to block the 49ers. I actually think the 49ers line reminds me a lot of the uh, 07 Giants that just dominated the league with, you know, four down linemen who just couldn't be stopped. Um, the matchup really to watch uh, is the San Francisco defensive end, Nick Bosa. Uh, you know, he's the front runner for defensive rookie of the year. And against, uh, you know, he's going up against, uh, I think it's Ryan Ramchek. Um, Bosa has about eight sacks. He has 22 hits, seven knockdowns, and 39 hurries this season. 
and uh, which basically gives him one of the highest pressure rates among defensive linemen. But Ramchek is the highest rated tackle of 2009. Uh, so I think, you know, that should be a very interesting matchup and probably a key matchup on the line. So, um, you know, Drew Brees of 2019 isn't Drew Brees of old and is going to have problems with this pass rush. Uh, I like the points. Um, and I also don't hate San Francisco money line either. But overall, you know, 49ers are just a better team right now. And the turf will only uh, accentuate their speed. Give me the 49ers in this one. Wow. Uh, Two and a half. A little bit surprised by that. I yeah. think I might actually go – the other way, uh, you know, Saints are averaging 25 points a game this year. Um, I really think that they're rolling. Uh, I like the Saints at home against just about anybody. Um, another thing I'd like to throw out there, the over-under 44 and a half. As the season goes on, I tend to like to take the under in most games, uh, unless unless it's it's not close at all. I think this is one of those cases. I'm taking the over on this one. The Saints have allowed opponents to score at least 21 points in four of six home games. The Niners, on the same token, are averaging 24.3 points per game uh, away. So I think the Niners and Saints go well into the 20s, possibly in the 30s. I would take the Saints giving